Good morning, and welcome to a very important episode of Inspired to Be. Today, we welcome Damian Bellotta, whose story will inspire you. This is a subject that is difficult to talk about, but one that needs to be talked about much more. The loss of a child through suicide. Mental illness is a subject that most people should be talking about much more. Welcome, Damien. Thank you. How are you, Doc Cynthia? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm doing really well. As I'm looking forward to this um, interview very much I am, with Damien. I am too. I've I known Damien for a long time, and I'm just honored and thrilled that she's here with us. I am too. Uh, to share her story about her son, Asher. Damien lost her son, Asher, to suicide November 11, 2014. The tragedy spurred her to start Forever Frosty Foundation. Forever Frosty is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation which endeavors to stop the stigma of mental illness and to financially help teens afford mental health counseling. Damien's mission to speak openly about mental illness enables people to see that if, if she could lose her son to suicide, then it could happen to them. The shame and stigma had to stop. Damien speaks at schools, rehabs, luncheons, golf outings, and other charity events. She is a confidant to many parents who struggle with their kids' mental health issues and consoles many parents who have recently lost a child to suicide. She continually raises money through charitable events, Facebook fundraisers, and reaching out to friends and family directly to financially help teens in crisis and to support other mental health programs. Thank you so much, Damien. Thank you. I'm really happy to be, not happy, but uh, it's an important subject. And uh, thank you for having me on No, no, we're, we're, we're very <laughs> glad you're here. It's so important that the subject gets talked about, mental health, mental illness. Um, it needs to be talked about much more. And you coming on the show today and sharing your story is only going to help someone, someone else. Thank you. And that's one of the reasons why I really did come forward with my foundation and... Uh, because like I said, if it can happen to me, because I look like super mom involved in you know, school, the sports, all the community, it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And that's not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm just saying like, you just don't see where it comes from. So. What would you like to share? Well, um, I think I'd like to start at the beginning, like okay. why I even got into this. So our son died totally unexpectedly on November 11th, 2014. It's like jolted my head. And uh, of course I was, blindsided and shock and my sister asked uh, to write the obituary and she said you know where do you want people to make donations and I was like out of my stupor I'm having my own charity you know I need to help other kids you know we need to talk about this and and that's what happened it started out as forever frosty charity and then uh, we stayed with it and did the uh, 501c3 and it's the forever frosty foundation and I've been to several of your, your events. I went to the butterfly release and the walks, and, and you're doing a lot of wonderful things out in the community. Um, when this first happened, the shock um, that you went through, I, as a grief counselor myself and a mental health therapist and working with children, families who have lost a loved one, no matter if it's through a, an act of suicide or whatever, is so tragic and what were you what did you do from the from the the beginning did you have support did you have i had a, an amazing community first of all um as you know i know a lot of people i was very active in the community and my family and my close friends just stepped up i mean they sat vigil with me 
Um, there's a whole system of food, you know, caravans and flowers, and but just really people just staying with me and um, taking the cue from me. If I wanted to be in the room, I could be. If I didn't, I used to walk the beach like a crazy lady asking God to take me. Um, but I did have that support system and, and that was huge. That's what really got me through the first several months. Can I, and I guess from my perspective from this and looking into uh, UC Davis, they have a huge pediatric program. And with the pandemic, with everything everyone's going through with the social isolation with kids, especially, and them, and every all of us not feeling connected, we're seeing now a trend of the increase of suicides between kids between, I think it was 10 and 18, increased dramatically. It's overwhelming how much it's And happening. I think it was a great idea for Sherry to bring you on because more than ever, we need to, as parents, uh, specifically for kids, to really get a better understanding of, of um, how sometimes we miss things or, or different symptoms or different things. Can you talk a little bit about your son? Because, well, can you first tell us all about your son? I didn't have the honor to know him or know anything about him. Can you tell us a little bit about him and what was happening with him? Um, uh, well, okay. Uh, Asher was a really cool kid, very likable, a lot of friends you know, independent thinker. Um, we were very, very close, but he also did have depression and anxiety. And we were aware of that. We treated him, um, but you know, things, things were really going well. And um, I didn't expect this at all. because We had just moved into a new place a week before he did this. So completely shocked, didn't expect it. So the thing is, I was asked before to speak to uh, people about, uh, like, like I was the authority on suicide, and I wasn't, because I really didn't know all the signs. Mm -hmm. And I st you still don't, may not know them, but like, I've spoken to kids, and the first thing I say is, you know, are they acting strangely? You know, are they like not caring about things? Or maybe they're risk takers. Um, and with parents, you know, if they're in their room too much. Isolation. Right, right or um, nasty, or up and down. I mean, you, you really don't know. Mood swings. Mm -hmm. Mood swings. And uh, what I tell the kids, the, the teens that I speak to, is if you see anything about your friend, you need to bring it up and tell an adult. And also, if they tell you not to say anything to anybody, you have to. I mean, there's friendships and there's secrets and stuff, but this is obviously can be life-threatening. So that's my biggest take on talking to uh, you know, your friends. And, and again, with parents, they're, they're teenagers, they're moody. You, you just, you really just don't know. I mean, you can try to know where they are all the time. You can follow their friends, but I, I was friends with his friends. So there just weren't a lot of signals for me. Because um, he, he looked like he was a very sociable, uh, sweet boy. The smi his smile just lit up a, a room, oh, I'm he's sure. he's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, he, he really was, uh, yeah. Up and down, like, but he was a, he was, oh, he was just turned 16, so that, that's normal. Um, yeah, he had a lot, of, as I said, a lot of friends. Um, he was funny, he was really smart. Um, so you look back and you're just, initially you try to find where the holes were, but like I was telling Sherry, for me to figure that out, it doesn't matter. He's, he's gone, he's mm -hmm. dead. Mm -hmm. I can't, if I go back and do that, go into that loop, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just go crazy. Right. I'm never gonna know. You can't figure he, it out. Ever, and I don't wanna know, he's just gone. He's gone like anybody else loses a child to a disease. So there's not, there's really, there's, there's no point in it. But as I said, looking forward to other kids, you know, and also there's help, you know, 
the stigma of suicide, this is seven years ago, was horrific. Mm -hmm. I decided during the obituary to say, my son Asher chose his own path to heaven. And I wanted it out there that he did die by suicide. I didn't just say he died. You know, I didn't want all the shuffle of the... the, the he didn't know. commit suicide. Right. He died by suicide. Yeah, you don't commit because it's you a Exactly. Right. 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 He had a mental illness. And uh, that day, that time, you know, he chose to do something. Um, so he wasn't in the right frame of mind at all. And that's important is changing the stigma because so many people need to to be more understanding, non-judgmental, to be supportive um, because suicide does have a stigma of something must have been wrong. What could have, what could I have done? Or just but doing what you're doing with Forever Frosty and reaching out to other moms and dads yeah. um, is changing lives. One one child at a time because there are some warning signs we'll go over a few of them there before are, the end there but are. there are also there are sometimes not i mean right. that happens with adults as well right, right. so it does but the more that we can spread the information out to people mm -hmm. which is exactly what you're doing talk if you talk, can, talk if you can save one person by letting them know you want to listen right that makes that makes their lives so much better and we're helping other people which is exactly what you're doing absolutely which and, is phenomenal and, and, and um like what I really stress when I do talk to, to children or parents that are a lot of times they find me because they don't know people don't know what to do a if somebody lost somebody to suicide or b their 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 friend's child is like like you know having a mental breakdown they're like called Damien but it's helped me to learn more but uh, the thing is with the stigma it's it's the stigma and it's the shame but it's also letting people know that you can get help exactly you know it's it, we don't need to be embarrassed anymore so when Asher died. I'm like laying on the sofa and it was just like a central station. Everybody was coming in and I was like, oh my God. But um, everybody would come up and quietly say something or tell their story. I can't tell you how many people told me that either they thought of suicide, they lost a family member to suicide, or they, there's mental illness in their family. And I was just listening. And then they said, please don't tell anyone. So the shame was it's so prevalent in our society. We all know that. It's because, so true. You know, but it's it is changing, it is shifting, and sadly there've been so many suicides it's like made this get, you know, the attention of a know. friend of mine committed suicide last Friday on the beach in Jupiter. Mm. Shot mm. himself, 49 years old. And it's uh, heartbreaking when I heard about this, but as um as Doc Cynthia said, you know, we've got to keep talking about our feelings and getting the ch the children to talk about the feelings which is hard to get a 16 year old to do right to open up and yeah. talk about their feelings and what's going on in their life and it's easy for a mom and dad just to decide they're just a normal they're 16 well and this the whole subject for people brings right. up a weakness that the people think people have or a fear or a trigger it that that's outside of really what the situation is and people's just to kind of stay away because there can't there's not one person I've ever met my whole life I think you would agree with that Sherry that at some point you get you get depressed or you get sad or there's like some sadness right in Absolutely. your life we, we've all experienced different degrees of that so we're not seeing that from our perspective hey look you know we know how it feels when you feel so bad and with COVID you know? right now as you were saying 
this is a very scary time with the isolation and oh. that is part of a, that is a symptom for sure 100%. and not getting the support not reaching out being alone Distancing. some people who had drug problems and they were used to going to meetings and not being able to go out and do the things that they're used to do to have the support and it's it's really scary times look um, we're not hugging each other and that gives us good dopamine right a good hug for oh, three or four totally. seconds gives you that dopamine we're not touching anybody anymore yet alone you know we're distancing physically mentally from people right now it's damien the name forever frosty how did you come up with that because i read in your on your website your mom's notes and everything which were really amazing that you just poured your heart out and just told your story and you described your feelings as frosty okay so um the name came about um because asher would always for his hashtag for instagram would say forever frosty or stay frosty and he and i had a connection too to polar bears okay mm. so i took it upon myself to be like well that's why he was saying frosty in the first place right. but um when he was a little when he was like five we went to a book reading at christmas time and he wants this little polar bear and uh i was like no we came here for the book reading you know we're gonna go home and he was you know tired they all the kids were tired they had gone after school to eat da, 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 da. and uh and um, anyway, he wanted to pull a bear. I said, no, no, no. And then the next day I went and got it because it was the first night of Hanukkah that my ex celebrated. So I was like, I got to get him something. So I grabbed the polar bear. And then ever since then, that was like our connection. Mm. So uh, that's basically where the Forever Frosty came from. That's I nice. love the name and I love the blue hearts. Well, that is another story. <laughs> so, you know, it was so unheard of for a suicide back then, let alone a child dying in our community. So the outpouring was just an amazing, outrageous. We had a big celebration on the beach and it was just, it was insane. And I just had a cocoon. So people would call, they'd write, they'd stop in. Um, I finally put it on Facebook, like, okay, you know. But anytime someone would text me or go on Facebook, I would just send out the blue emoji heart. And mm -hmm. I don't know why I did it, but I did. So then I decided I was gonna give them out. So let's say I saw you in public and you hadn't seen me before, you would have that look like, oh my God. You know, and then a lot of people, like, they would dart away. You know, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> because I don't want this hidden. So I would just go up to you and say, you know, here, I just wanna give you that. Oh. That's my heart, that's mm -hmm. my heart. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. It, it's, it's special, it still makes me feel special. Well, mm -hmm. you know, in my store, and you were, you were in my store straight from the heart, and I had my little heart blessings. And I gave out heart blessings for 11 years to strangers and to everyone who came into my store because that's you're out touching someone else's heart. Absolutely. And that's so important. There's a lot of power in that. I it think, is a I, lot of power. I, and in I touching. think this is so beautiful to give something to someone because really, honestly, I suspect a lot of people who had children that he knew or just even in the school system, you don't know what to say sometimes to people when such, such a tragedy happens. It's like you want to say the right thing and yet you're fearful you don't want that to happen to your, your children. Right. It makes you really think about so many things at the same time that I suspect it must have been difficult for some, some of these kids. Yeah, only the parents not to, knowing to what oh, to say. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I actually wanted to write a little booklet on that, like what to say and not to say, what to do and not to do. What, what should people say? Well, well what, what was helpful to you that people said? I just think just acknowledging that it's, it was, it's horrible. Not, oh my God, I can't imagine. And I'm like, yeah, I want to use the F word, but I'm not. Um, you just, <laughs> you cannot imagine. So why would you even say that? You know, I mean, I, I got a little defensive on that. Hug the person, let them know that you're sad. That's okay, you know. Um, but but don't like, you know, 
try to find out from me like what the, the signs were while I'm grieving. I mean, right. there's not a time for that. Right. But um, the Blue Heart was also good because it was the icebreaker to a lot of people when I'd see them. Yeah. And um, it Powerful. meant that it was okay. You, we can communicate because I know you're, you're having a hard time you know, expressing it. So Because I'm giving you my heart. That's from your perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. open your heart for me too. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so what so what was comforting to you that people were actually saying to you? Did people was that comforting at all or I, I just think my, my having my family and close friends were the best for me. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason I, I can compartmentalize things so I would be talking to them and I would be like fine and they would be hysterical. So I was almost consoling them, which is kinda weird. Mm -hmm. But um, I just think it was, as I said, the whole community and then me getting help. I got a lot of help. Well, it's, did you ever hear of Hearts and Hope when Hearts and Hope was here? Yeah. It was a nonprofit organization that worked with children and families who lost a loved one. And I was a volunteer there and a grief counselor. And I went there for the very reason, because I lost someone that I loved and the people did not know how to speak to me. And they would go and it was like, I was offended, like, you can't speak to me and acknowledge my loss, mm -hmm. and you mm. can't say, and, and I felt hurt by that. So I looked, really, I went after looking for an organization that I can get involved with to offer support, because it's so huge to get help, and it's not to be ashamed, it's okay to go up to someone and tell them that they're sorry for your loss. Right. You know, to give you a hug. hug. And that's really. And, and the people who were not saying that to me, I think that hurt my heart more because mm -hmm. I felt ignored that, that I wasn't validated by that. And I guess it's two people just afraid to come up because they don't want to they deal with that. They don't know what could, to say. It makes, makes them uncomfortable. To but it too. makes them uncomfortable yeah. dealing with their own feelings. Oh, 100%. Right. And it's a suicide thing. Like if your child had cancer, you would, you would say something. But, you know, that's, yeah, it's unfortunate. But it's, it is changing. I mean, that's the positive thing. It is changing. People are getting help. They are talking about it. Um, I've had many people just call me directly because their children had died. Like, what do I do? For the actual moms and dads have called me, and I just listen. I just let them speak. I, I don't hijack the conversation. I just let them, you know. And they have this comfort of knowing that, you know, I know exactly how they feel. Mm. And then I've been involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and they have some programs. And one is called Healing Conversations. So if someone in our area loses someone to suicide, they'll have one of us either, now we can't meet them now, talk to them on the phone or do That's a wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's really great. And then give them resources, you know, where to get help, where to get information, you know, suggest they, they go into a therapy group or, group or uh, grieving. Group Just or letting people you know. know that they're not alone. Yeah. That there's somebody they can talk to that's been through it yeah. and they can cry with them, hold their hand, walk them, guide them to see it. A therapist and you did say that you did seek counseling oh absolutely yeah um, I had never been in counseling before I was always like I can figure this out myself and yeah I eventually did maybe you know it would take me 20 years but <laughs> I really believe in counseling um, I'm even going to tell you my therapist name Yuda Morris Morris she was amazing oh do you know she Yuda? is yes I love her. she is amazing she from when South I first, Africa yeah when I first went in you know, of course I was a mess. And she looked at me and she said, Damien, I'm gonna walk the path with you until you're content. And I was like, huh? <laughs> content, happy, are you kidding? I'll never be. I mean, you can see I'm pretty lively, but it's not to say that that hole isn't there, mm. but she really did help me a lot. 
and then there was a time that it was okay, and then I did EMDR, which is another therapy. That's a different modality. I've done, oh, I, I went to uh, an ashram, that was another story, how I ended up there. I did vibrational sound, I did so much, and I didn't really do it because I was looking, it was kind of like, these are just things that interested me and helped me. Healing. Yeah, exactly. And I offer Making that to yourself people. feel better. Yeah. Trying to connect totally. with Asher, talking to a medium. Yeah. Yeah, I did all that. Um, he, and he, he, I, I, again, I've got stories. And, and if it wasn't for things that happened to me, I may not have believed other people at that time. That, you know, there are those connections, you know, with the feathers and, you know, elevens and airplane streaks looking like elevens and hearts. And, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Finding a bracelet in Machu Picchu that I'm like, how did that get there? Crazy things. Right. Anyway, um, yeah, I just think being open to any kind of spirituality. And that, mm. that's actually consoling that um, we all die, and we all know someone who's died. So it kind of evens out, you know, the, the, the playing field that I am not alone because I've lost someone to death. You know, we're all going to lose someone. So separate the suicide and just, you know, take care of yourself and, and help other people heal. Mm. I'm sure it's been a long process to get to where you are today because it has been seven years and the acceptance of, a, of, a, of losing anyone t takes a long time. But to lose a child as tragically as you did is something that, you know, you can fill that hole back up, but it's just something that will never go away. You yeah, get to it, it never goes away. Um, I gave a speech once that I could learn to live, love, and laugh again, and it's true. Um, I really do a lot of work on myself, like through meditation, uh, especially like body scans, just to help myself relax because I can feel it come in because a lot of times trauma can leave your, your mind, but it stays in your body. And I've just learned, like, okay, Dean, I put myself on a timeout. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> put the timer on 20, oh, 30 minutes. And I just, yeah, whatever, I've changed different modalities, but lately it's just the whole body scan. And I tell my toes relax, I tell my toes relax. Sometimes I'm five minutes on my damn toes yeah. <laughs> until Sometimes my mind can finally go up yeah. and then I can be in the zone. But the <laughs> one, one, uh, one positive thing from all this, it seems like you really have a gift inside of yourself, a beautiful yeah. gift, purposeful gift of helping so many grieving people who really need to they understand know. how to heal and such a... It is an extraordinary loss, I, you know, and it's, it, it is imaginable for us who have kids who've not been in that path or, and pray that never happens, um, I, I, you know, for all of us. So it's just, you are, I, you are a wonderful gift. And well, thank you, but I, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. And I had a Kabbalah teacher that would say that, like, if you don't feel like you're doing enough, you're not. Mm. <laughs> and like, yeah, well, COVID kind of got in the way too. But yeah. um, well, we always think we can do more, right? But you've done, but you also have to acknowledge all that you've done since this is, which was a lot of work, and which all and that you're, you're giving. It's, just an, it's an ongoing it's process. And, uh, you're only beginning, yeah. and you have your annual events that you still have on the walks. And we ask directly to people for donations. I right. mean, you know, as I say, I know a lot of people in the community. And Oh, can you give us your information for your website or any upcoming events that are coming up? Oh, absolutely. The website is Forever Frosty Foundation. All you need to do is just put that in, in the, you know, the Google tab. It comes right up. It comes right up. Perfect. And um, the next thing we're doing is the uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention Walk on October 2nd. Oh, okay. And you can either go on my website or my Facebook page to find information or just uh, 
Google you know, the, the uh, American Foundation donor walk or whatever, it'll come up too. Um, that's it right now. We did have an event though in May. We did uh, something at the Improv and uh, I thought it was a little early, you know, with the whole the mask thing and uh, we ended up pulling it off. Alan Mednick really spearheaded this and uh, it was fun actually. It was like I put on a dress. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, when you're in COVID, you, you know. <laughs> Damien, I would love to hear more about Forever Frosty Foundation and how you go about raising money, some of the events that you have, and who the money goes to. Okay, great. Well, first of all, we started it because um, we wanted to um, show awareness for mental health and raise money. And basically, the fund's going directly to teens that need help. There's a lot of underserved teens that they just can't afford any kind of counseling. So we work with therapists, individual therapists or groups, and um, what they'll do is the therapist will take a cut off of their fee. We have to have the client put some meat in the game, so they'll pay something, and then Forever Frosty will pick up the tab. And it's been really successful. So we've had annual golf tournaments. Uh, obviously, we didn't have one last year. Um, we, we do the walks, but that all goes directly to uh, uh, American Foundation. We've done uh, direct calls. We have T-shirts. We do. We have. I have some uh, younger people. Like selling things, I had hand sanitizer with Forever Frosty logo on it. So, but basically, it's the the direct um, gift from the heart, call from the heart. I do a couple Facebook fundraisers. Once coming up, yes. November 11th. That's the I day he died. I participate in all you of always those. Do. Always I do. know. I know my angels. <laughs> and uh, I even say to people, because 11's the number. If everyone gives 11 dollars, okay, and I had probably what I don't know, 1,800 Facebook friends, or whatever, plus all my other friends. That's, I can't do the math, but that's a lot of money. So if everybody gives $11, it's nothing. And it's so easy to, you know, to make a donation on, on Facebook and it's all safe and all that stuff. Or you can also send checks. That's just, that's just good information. Always great information. If people don't want to come up and talk to you, then you, I mean. Make a you, donation. You have to know where, where you can help. And even if, you, if you're a parent going through this, you need to know where your resources are to help you get through what you're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When this first happened, Damien, um, I would love to, I know it's a hard to talk, hard to talk about, but it's been seven years. If there's anything that you would like to share with our listeners as to what the first thing that happened, what did you do the first thing that you did? When I found out? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it Were was, you at home? Well, yeah, it was, it was a normal, I remember the whole day. It was just normal morning, Ashford's was going to school. He happened to text me to bring down his sweatshirt and spray a little of his cologne on it. And I ran down, I'm like, oh good, you know. And we did the, our goodbye, safe kiss, all that stuff. And then that afternoon, um, we were texting like we would always normally text. And I wanted to have dinner and I'm like, I don't wanna wait. He's like, go ahead and eat. Just all the normal stuff. I love you, I love you more, which we said constantly. I'm taking a walk in the neighborhood. I'm like, wait, who, who lives there? I mean, just all the normal text chat. Just in a normal day. Right, nothing seemed suspicious at all. We had, remember, we just moved in a week before. We picked out his furniture for his bedroom and his like hangout room. So things were good. Um, so I, I was like, Asher, you know, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out. Um, I, and I don't hang out. I'm at the uh, gym. I just went to Tropical Smoothie, just the normal stuff. And then um, I was like, like what, what, really? I don't know. Something in me was just like, something's just not right. And part of me thought he was having a party at uh, the old house. You know, why not, right? 
So I was feeling a little agitated. I put the dogs in their crate and I started just driving over because this was at our house. And while I'm driving, two of his best friends called me on the phone and said that Asher was about to kill himself. <sighs> Major panic mood. I called the gate, I called the police, my ex, and we're all there. We go into the house. I'm like, there's no noise. I'm like, Asher. I'm literally yelling, Asher, look in the pool, nothing. So we go down you know, to his room, and there's like a ribbon on his door because his door didn't lock. And I start pushing it in, and there he was on his bed, and I looked at him. He was wearing like a, a sports coat and those like, uh, I don't know, those Cape Cod red pants. I remember socks. And uh, he had all this red stuff on his head. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought he was, it was a joke. And then Bobby, his father, jumped on him. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, this is pretty graphic, but it was like, like realer than real. And then I went on him and half of him was still warm and half of him was purple and normal color. I started giving him mouth to mouth. I mean, you're a mom. <laughs> you do like whatever, you know, it's, it's you know, ingrained in us. So they pulled us off and uh, we were just, I can't even define the word shocked, but uh, we were, and we weren't even together as a couple. So it was, it was just like, wow. And then, I mean, I can tell you, I can tell, almost tell you every day. Like I did a, that talk, it was called Six Months of Sadness. I was, Sadness, yeah. and I was like, it could have been six minutes, six seconds, six months, six years, and now it's seven years. I remember everything clearly. And I did do EMDR, which helped me because I could say I walked down the hall, I this, I saw this, you know, and it really helped, really helped. Um, yeah, and then next thing I know, we wake up in, in the hospital because I thought I was having a heart issue. I don't know, whatever it was. And uh, my, my world as I knew it was completely over. Not just my world, my life. I wanted to die, mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't want to kill myself. I just wanted Asher and God to take me to, so. It's understandable that you would feel that way, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, you'd wanna be where he is. Yeah, I'm like, take me! Oh my God. That's um, so hard. Yeah, it was. Um, but I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just brush it off. It was, well obviously, well the best day of my life was the day he was born, the worst day of my life was the day he died. So I've already lived my best and my worst. So it actually kind of makes life easier to live <laughs> because you can be more balanced that way in some way. You're not worried or, you know, sounds a little crazy. So I can be more independent, uh, travel and just be free and stay, stay very present. I try to wherever I am, but I'm not gonna say that I didn't go down that rabbit hole and live there and stay there and ruminate and, you know, even hit myself. I, it was horrible for a long, long, long time. But here I am today. Mm. And that's what's important is for our listeners to hear that you can heal, you can come out and continue on and, and have a life. Yeah, it's a choice to move forward. It is a choice. It can be a slow choice. Um, nobody can tell you how to grieve, grieve, how long to grieve, what you should be doing, when. People would tell me, I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, so it's just, it's, Take advantage of taking care of yourself. I got massages. I mean, just things like that can really help. Yeah, we talk a lot about self-care in here. And we do. Part of we healing do. is self-care. Right. It's huge. Yeah. And you don't even realize, because you don't want to get a massage or 
go out in, in, in the, on the beach. You know, I used to walk and walk and walk, and, but it helped me. Everything helped me. So mm-hmm. there's a myriad of things. Which is what he would want you to do. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, and one thing he texted uh, that night, he's like, I love you more than life. Now, that was normal chatter for us. But, you know, going back, it's like, oh, my God, you know. Hmm. Anyway, he's still with me. Believe me, he's with me. Oh, I believe he is. <laughs> I love it that you say that because we've talked a little bit about but the, some of the signs he gives you, and I think that's important to share that because it is. a lot of people are, are not sure whether to believe that or not. Right. But I'm, we're sharing our... We are big believers. We're very big. Very and, big believers, yes. and we believe them. And we had Serena Dyer on, and she talked about how her dad, Wayne, censors a lot Absolutely. of... Absolutely, I have signals all the time keep an open heart just because they're not in a physical form still talk to yeah our loved ones you just have to be open to whatever is in is in is a is right in front of you right Right. yeah i know i know yeah it's just trying to be open and and then you can be close sometimes i I vacillate it um asher's uh father just he was just gonna ask anything he was like uh any faith or anything nothing 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 i mean He's, he's still having a hard time. I mean, I am too, but it's just different. But, um, People handle grief differently. He was close to anything. And slowly, I said, you know what, when you're ready, I mean, it might be a monarch butterfly, it might be a cardinal, it might be this. And now, he tells these stories all the time. And it's, it's, oh, it's I love great. that. I know, I know. I'm like, hmm. You know, I'm happy for that. Yes. You know, because you yes. can't make sense of it. You just can't. So, so people spend their lives just trying to figure out death. <laughs> You just can't accept it. Well, it's it's very complicated. None of us can really make sense of it all, right? Right. <laughs> it's Nobody just a gift every knows. day you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm back. I'm. I just want to just point out a few things that uh, managing emotions can be particularly difficult during puberty and when hormonal changes intensify. Sometimes there's some self-loathing of kids and social act- uh, anxiety is bullying. And... Between the years of 2007 and 2018, uh, suicide for kids between the ages of uh, 10 and 24 increased almost 60%. Mm. The CDC is now reporting that, although it used to be the second cause of death between the ages of 10 and 34 in, in 2018 with the pandemic, we're seeing a huge spike in suicide with uh, young adults and, and children. And so I think it's important that if you are at home and you have kids at home, especially with all the social distancing and physical distancing that we're having, and the only normal things that kids have are stability and consistency of going to school. Right. I mean, that's right. a normal place for kids to go, unfortunately. And right now, it's, it's, it's a crazy zone. But sometimes some common symptoms of depression can be uh, losing interests in usual activities and schoolwork, um, inconsistency of obviously of schoolwork, but that happens again mm-hmm. with adolescents, right? Uh, withdrawal from family and friends, neglecting one's appearance. Yes, um, not eating. Increasing substance use or acting out. Yes, eating patterns, changing sleeping patterns. Right, sleep was a big uh, yeah. Are a big thing. Extreme, extreme mood swings. Um, some kids will run away. Because um, one thing you didn't mention is. Asher kind of had the Robin Williams syndrome. Did he? He was really funny, very well liked, uh, had a girlfriend. I mean, nobody w- could see any signs of it. Yeah. I mean, nothing. 
So that's why it was such a shock. So that's something that people definitely can overlook. But but doesn't mean that you're going to suddenly he's going to be funny. No. But 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 also sometimes and you pointed this one part out is we have to listen because it's when kids start talking about other things, sometimes kids don't always want to tell a parent or they don't want their friend to be upset that they've said something that maybe some at some point the kids they have said something to another. Yes, it's so important that we explain to our kids if you ever hear of someone even mentioning something like this or if you're worried that your friend seems like not himself or herself. Right. Well, Make kids sure you tell have so much to worry about. Yeah. Bringing guns to school. Now they have with yeah. COVID. There's, it's just... Incredible! All we have our have kids to. today have such stress and social media. It's crazy. You know, wondering yeah. if I don't, if social someone doesn't pressure. like my post, if yeah. that affects their confidence and self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. You know, just using so, so much. So one of that. one thing I I would do when I would speak to I spoke to his whole school. I spoke to other schools. I've traveled. Um, I have everybody close their eyes and I uh, ask them not to look around. And I say, Has anyone ever been sad? Every hand goes up. Has every, anybody like been, you know, having anxiety or depression? Several go up. Has anybody thought about uh, hurting themselves? Several go up. And then I've even asked, has anybody thought about killing themselves? And hands would go up. And they're the people I needed to talk to. Mm-hmm. And they listened. And people actually would come up afterwards. So if you can just, like you said, one person, there were probably at least three or four people well and suicide can be contagious which is the other thing that's true and you yes you want to make sure that you know that if if there is a suicide amongst peers or someone sometimes there are what they would call copycats right of kids and so we just have to be so much more cognizant of what's going around us keep your friends your kids close keep their friends close yeah and listen Mm. and we're about out of time but thank you so much damien Thank you. And please go to Forever Frosty and make a donation and to read more about Asher. But, Damien, I'd like to turn this over to you, and I would like for you to just share um, Uh. (laughs) a little prayer that you would say to your son, Asher. Every night when Asher was little and I put him to bed, uh, I would say this prayer. Thank you, God, for my baby. Thank you for this child you gave me. He makes me know what life's about. He makes me believe in you, no doubt. To our listeners, thank you so much for listening to this incredible episode today that was so important. Um, Be a good listener to your children. Pay attention to what's going on. Um, Don't be afraid to ask questions with their friends, with other family members. And stop the stigma of mental health and suicide. It's nothing to be afraid to talk about. And if you know someone who's lost a loved one, go give them a hug and tell them how you feel. We love you. We love you. you. Thank you so much for being here. Have a beautiful day. Be well, everyone.